thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Salt and Light, where we'll cover foundational principles for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Enjoy this episode with ears to hear and hearts that listen. So let's go check the facts with your host, also known as my dad, Casey Harrison. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Salt and Light Ministries, where we've been in this Foundations series, Submitting to Sovereignty, and this is part seven. This week, we're going to combine everything that we've learned so far and see just how to apply it to our lives. Now, why is it important that we went through six episodes before we ever got to applying submission in our relationship with God? And it's important because every relationship requires both parties to submit in some shape, form, or fashion. Whether it be a husband and wife, whether it be you and your boss, a father and a child, a mother and a child, between friends, between siblings. Those are just a few different ways that we submit in relationships. And to submit, you first got to know the limits that the other party has. You have to know how much control they can handle. Because when you submit, you're gifting your control over to that other party. You must understand their character. Because building trust ensures that the control you give them, they're going to use for the best interest of that relationship. And last week we discussed mutual submission. And the definition of mutual submission is two or more people experiencing the act of yielding to a superior force or authority not subjecting each other to their wills. And we also covered how God submits in the context of a relationship, at least in the context of a relationship with us. And the funny thing is, we found out that God doesn't actually submit to us. He submits to himself. He submitted to himself to fulfill his part of the mutual submission. Look, mankind can submit to mankind. Because they both have equal authority given to them by God. Inalienable rights. Rights given by the Creator. The U.S. Constitution spells this out in the same way that Genesis 1 spells this out. The U.S. Constitution, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. And they're endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. Mirror that to Genesis 1.26 then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Them meaning man and woman. Dominion is control over the earth. So the creator gave all mankind equal power. The creator gave all mankind the power to influence people and situations on this earth. Mankind's authority is equal. Man can submit to man. And God is not a man. God's the creator. He's the authority above men. And that's why the only person God can submit to is God. And that brings us to this week's content, where we're going to answer the question, how do we fulfill our side of mutual submission in the relationship with God? Stick with me. We're going to go through scripture and find this out. Because it's important to understand the example that God gave us when it comes to submission and everything else that has to do in our lives. Jesus is that example, right? Look at John 13, 15. For I've given you an example that you should do 
as I have done for you. 1 Peter 2.21 For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. What kind of example was Jesus? Well, he's, he was the example of how we should live, how we're supposed to respond to others, what being in right standing with God looks like, what boldness is supposed to look like, what love looks like. Jesus was also the teacher of how to submit, and he gave you the example of what submission looks like by dying on a cross. Now, I'm not saying you have to physically die on a cross. No. But I am saying that submission is going to require some form of sacrifice. Because if Jesus had to die on a cross for God to be able to submit to God, making relationship possible for us, what makes you think you won't have to sacrifice something? Let's go to the scriptures and see what the Bible tells us about how to submit. Now, keep in mind that if you just search for scriptures on submission, you're going to get them. You're going to find a lot of them. But just taking scripture and trying to apply it to your life is like rolling the dice on a roulette table in Vegas and hoping you don't roll a seven. Let me show you what I mean. Let's look at James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Wonderful. That's a great scripture on submission. Now, if you take that scripture and you make it the truth, then you've kind of missed the point of the scripture. Because the truth of that scripture is, oh, all I have to do is tell the devil no and he has to leave me alone. Okay. There is truth to that. But we really have to be careful about taking a truth and turning it into the truth. Because it's important that we always read Scripture and understand Scripture in the entirety of Scripture. The whole theme, the whole thought process. Keeping Scripture in its context. Now, since I showed you how to take a Scripture out of context, let me show you the way to keep a Scripture in context. I'll use the same Scripture. It's a good indicator that you need to keep a Scripture in context when you see the word, therefore. I've heard many pastors say this. When you see the word, therefore... You need to go and find out what it's there for. So let me give you some context behind the scripture of James chapter 4, verse 7. And in order to get that context, you have to go to James chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, where scripture says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from the desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you can spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend to the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you not think the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives us more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but God gives grace to the humble. When you put James chapter 4 verse 7 right up under James chapter 4 verse 6 within its context, you realize that James chapter 4 verse 7, where it says, therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee. It's not talking about saying no to the devil. It's actually more about your response to the ability of choice. Notice back in verses 1 through 4. James is talking to people that claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And he's calling out their pride. As the old adage says, pride comes before the fall. 
James is telling these Christians that pride is the cause of their sexual desire, murderous intent, wars, fighting. But then James transitions at the end of verse 2 through verse 3 from the issues that pride creates to the spiritual concepts that pride corrupts. Look with me. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you can spend it on your pleasures. Here's where pride corrupted the spiritual concept that Jesus gave us back in Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will open. Pride corrupted the concept of asking by taking out the spiritual desire and putting in the selfish desire. That's what pride will do. And that's what James is addressing. So in context, James chapter 4, verse 7 isn't about resisting the devil. It's speaking more of resisting your own desires, resisting the urge for self-improvement, resisting yourself. You see, relationship is not about material fulfillment. It's about intimate achievement. Intimate achievement comes through mutual submission. So what's the first step for us in our part of the mutual submission to God? Well, I'd say the first step is get your butt out of the way. Get your butt out and let God put his butt in. Don't think of yourself as higher than you should. Romans 12, 3, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Well, how do you do that? It's actually pretty simple. And simple doesn't always mean easy. You just ask God for help because you can't do it on your own. What we learned in previous episodes is we're broken people and broken people break things. You can't do it. Ask God for help because he can. And remember, God never asks you to do anything that he hasn't already done. You can't go to God. You can't go to the ultimate authority, the Most High, and ask Him anything unless you have an escort to that throne. Hebrews 4, 14-16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confessions. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet he never sinned. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain the mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. See, Jesus says, I'll be your escort to the Father. Jesus says, I've been through those temptations. Jesus said, that I died on the cross so that I could walk with you into God's throne room, so that you could have the ability to ask God for help. So stop thinking of yourself as not good enough. Because God already knew that. Newsflash. He didn't care then and he doesn't care now about how not good enough you are. He just wants you to ask. And he wants you to ask with the intention to further your relationship with him. Not to further some selfishness. So what's the first thing you have to do in mutual submission? Just ask for his help. And the second step in our part of mutual submission is we have to seek out the example that Jesus was in the Bible. And then we have to act that out. We have to mimic it. And here's the disclaimer. It's going to cost you something. Jesus was our example. 
So that brings up the question, okay, so how did Jesus walk it out? Glad you asked. John 13, 3 and 4. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. Stop. Okay, this is the Last Supper. Jesus knows that he's going to be going to the cross and dying on it for you and for me. So Jesus chooses to give us an example of how to submit. The first thing Jesus does is he takes off his clothes. Oh, wait, are you saying I have to get naked? No, I'm not saying you have to get naked physically, but spiritually? Yes. Jesus gave us a physical example of a spiritual concept. Jesus took off. Jesus laid down everything that was dirty on his body, exposing his flesh. This was an example of confession, exposing the flesh nature, exposing the sin nature of our flesh. It's almost like Jesus was acting out what he told other people to do in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if you're going to take on his yoke and his burden, the first thing you've got to do is take off yours. Psalms 55, a Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. You see, Jesus took off his clothes. He took off his earthly burdens. Then Jesus took a clean towel and girded himself in verse 4. That means he wrapped himself in a clean towel, wrapped it around himself. So he shed the dirty clothes that were weighing him down, his burdens, and he put on a clean towel, which would have been a much lighter than all the garments he was wearing. The clean towel is a representation of the godly burden Jesus was talking about back in Matthew 11, 28 and 30. Jesus physically cast down the heavy burden and took on a much lighter one. That's great for back then, but what does that look like for us today? As we continue to do our basics, reading the Bible and praying, you know, having that full conversation with God, the two-way street we talked about before, we build trust in God. And that trust makes it easier for us to cast off our burdens, our worries, our concerns, and trust that He can handle it no matter what. See, God's not asking us to do anything that He hasn't already done. Jesus gave us the example of that right here. So those are the first two steps of how we fulfill mutual submission. We ask for God's help. We seek out and find peace. We trust God with our worries and mentally let them go. But the third step, we simply knock. Knocking opens doors. God's kind of knocking takes on the form of love. And how we take on the form of love is by serving and serving through the person of Jesus Christ mimicking what he did because if you keep going on in the story where jesus took off his clothes and he put on a towel in john 13 verse 5 it says after that he being jesus poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and wipe them with a towel with which he was girded jesus was willing to serve his disciples 
by cleaning the most dirty, disgusting part of their bodies. Their feet. Now I'm talking about feet that had walked down dirt roads. The same roads that animals traveled. The same roads that animals peed and pooped on. Disgustingly dirty feet. And he didn't just get his hands dirty when he washed them. Right? I mean, he dried the disciples' feet with the clean towel that he had wrapped around himself. He shared his cleanliness with them. He did unto others what he wanted them to do. He showed the Father's love through serving. That's what Jesus did. So what's the third step that we need to do to be in mutual submission? We just need to start knocking. That's how Jesus showed us how to submit. Matthew 7, 7. Jesus says, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. Acting out those three steps is how you show your submission to sovereignty. Ask. Seek. Knock. Acting out those three is considered your sacrifice. That's what it's going to cost you. Why? Because it shows you're holy. It shows you're set apart from the rest of the world. As Paul wrote in Romans 12:1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is why we had to go through six parts before we got to this episode. Because if we didn't know God's character, then we wouldn't know the acceptable and perfect will of God. If we didn't know mankind's character, then we wouldn't have known that we have been conformed to this sinful, broken world. If we didn't understand God's sovereignty, then we couldn't understand God's mercies that afford us the opportunity of reasonable service. If we didn't understand our responsibility of choice, a.k.a. free will, then we wouldn't realize that we have the choice to accept God's mercy and allow Him to transform our minds. If we didn't understand that God submitted to Himself to fulfill His side of mutual submission, then we wouldn't understand that He presented Himself first. And He only asks us to do what He's already done. And finally, if we didn't understand what submission was, then we couldn't have understood that for us to submit to God, it requires us to give back to Him what He gave to us. Sovereignty and dominion. And become that living sacrifice every day through that choice. Letting God into all of our decisions, no matter how big or small. So what is submitting to sovereignty? It's giving back the unalienable rights God gave you and letting Him be Him through you and enjoying the ride until your eternal life begins. Scripture says in Deuteronomy, I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. 
Therefore, choose life. And if you want life, then choose you this day who you will serve and submit to sovereignty. Let that be the foundation of your house of relationship with God. Until next week, be bold, be strong, and be blessed. Jesus.